Hi friends, welcome to the Inclusive Storytelling Podcast. I'm your host, Ashwini Prasad, and today we're speaking with Zarna Garg, who is this amazing, amazing comedian who is a TikTok sensation with over 30 million views of her hilarious comedy that speaks to representation. And she got into comedy later in life and she is just thriving. She has a headlining show over at Caroline's, the world-renowned Caroline's on Broadway in New York City called Sorry Not Sorry and she's an award-winning screenwriter with a feature film and TV show in development. She's also recently won the prestigious Ladies of Laughter 2021 Newcomer Award and she was named one of New York City's top 100 inspiring businesses during the pandemic. I really hope you enjoy Zarna and her comedy which was definitely brought out in our conversation so i appreciate you all being here thank you so much if you're liking this content and these podcasts please feel free to leave a review download and share with your friends in addition representation inclusion and safe spaces are really important to me I'm an anti-racist and anti-oppression educator and consultant. If I can support you or your organization in creating safe spaces in your social justice work, you know, let's connect and let's see if we can create some safe spaces together. So feel free to connect with me at theinclusivescreenwriter.com or at Instagram um, at theinclusivescreenwriter. All right, let's take a listen to Zarna, friends. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Inclusive Storytelling Podcast. I am so, so happy to be here. I'm Ashwini Prasad, and I am here with Zarna Garg. Now, she is amazing. Remember, this podcast is about the arts and not just entertainment. And so comedy is definitely part of the arts. So Zarna, I do this with all my guests because I don't want to mess up who they are. Go ahead and introduce yourself to our audiences. Hi, namaste everybody. Namaste to all your listeners and viewers. I'm Zarna Garg. I'm a screenwriter, I'm a producer, and I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, I produce comedy. I produce long-form TV shows, and I have a movie in development. And I'm the brown auntie in charge, yelling at everybody at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm so proud of you and all your successes. I can't wait to see it. Um, all of it, all of it that you mentioned, you know, with your writing and the content that you're producing. So in terms of what does the Indian auntie mean? What is that? You're also like the Indian mom. Tell us more what this means. So I think Indian mom and Indian auntie is exactly what it means. It's a nosy, <laughs> overbearing uh, woman, un- unapologetic. I- I'm at least unapologetic about all the things that I believe in. Uh, I don't really, uh, you know, we Indian people have our own set of priorities. If you look broad, generally, of course, every there's exceptions to everything. But generally, you know, the things that we value, the things, food, Value food. <laughs> the things that we consider central to our culture, to our heritage, uh, I have taken charge to lead the charge on preserving all of that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Right. Yeah, there's definitely always something shared. We're definitely not a monolith and we're all different, but there's definitely shared things. And I love how you kind of play on to what comedy is, right? The exaggeration of yes. people and things. And that's what you're doing with the with your monikers of the Indian mom and the Indian auntie. For those that don't know, um, there is kind of this running joke within, I would say, many Indian 
um, families and in the culture that, yeah, exactly what you're saying. You kind of have this nosy auntie who goes in and gives you advice and you don't really know, like, are they really related to them? Are they really an auntie? Right. And they're, and if you go to never have I ever, um, that there there is in there where they mention how the uh, the aunties are non-blood relatives who act like relatives <laughs> yes exactly i mean we've lost track we're so many no one knows who's related to whom anymore we're all uncle and auntie to each other you're Which, either uh, yeah. beta and beti if you're young you're beta to everybody if you're older you're uncle and auntie and it kind of works because it's a term of respect you know, you give the elderly people a little bit of respect and it's all kind of generic in that we're kind of related somehow, somewhere. So exactly, fine. exactly. No, it is great. And what I love, um, you know, community now, for better or for worse, what I do love for it, because there's sometimes the gossip gets to me too much, let's be honest. But what I do love is that we have this, com like, exactly, community. Everybody is a child. Everybody's either a cousin, a, even though they're not blood related, but they could be your brother or a sister or cousin. Cousins grow up as brother and sister. And then everybody else is either auntie, uncle, or grandma, grandpa. Yep, completely. Yeah, completely. part of the family and part of respect. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And you're, and people need to check out your comedy. And we'll talk about where to get, where we can see you later on. Um, but you definitely highlight that and you bring that out to folks in the most hysterical ways. I absolutely love it. As a comedy writer, I, I love it. And I love that you also are producing your own content, right? This is real. This is your life, how you're showing and preserving different items uh, within the community that you're doing for yourself, which is great. So I want to touch on Zarna, you know, how do we get here? I want to hear a little bit about your story about how you have gotten into comedy because it is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I was a stay at home mom for 16 years. I, I am a New York State licensed lawyer. Uh, so I practice for a little while. I'm an Indian immigrant mom in America, you know, with no family nearby. So once I had my first kid, it was like a shock. You know, it's a lot of work raising kids, by the way, to all your listeners. <laughs> it's a lot of work and a lot of sacrifices. Happy sacrifices, but sacrifices nevertheless. So for a long time, I was home and, you know, I really wanted to go back to work. It was something that was pulling on me. And once my youngest uh, got into kindergarten, I was like, you know, itching to figure out the next step. I didn't think I should go back as a lawyer. I was really bad. I mean, really bad. All my clients are in jail. I was the first one. I would go to the judge. I was like, just take him. We both know he's guilty. Oh, goodness. You're so, so funny. No, but you know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel like that was the right fit for my life and for my skill set. Uh, but what I was trying to find what I could do and, uh, and add value in a way that I'm hitting a rare space. So for example, since you, you know, you talk about storytelling a lot, I realized that the Indian stories that were being told in, in Hollywood in particular seemed to be very dark and heavy mm -hmm. and no one was really taking the lighter touch to it. Like the, it, it felt rare. Mindy mm -hmm. Kaling, listen, Mindy Kaling does it. And she's amazing, amazing, big fan. But I don't think she represents the immigrant Indian experience. So somehow in America, the immigrant person has become like really sad and outcast. And that's not really my experience. Mm 
you know <laughs> so i was like you know maybe i should go down a way in a road that brings my personal experience to life and maybe other people will relate to it uh, after all this is a nation of immigrants and you know i thought there has to be a wider range than just what hollywood is putting out right now and also you know 3 4 years ago was peak trump years there's a lot of anger lot of hostility in the country and i felt like no one was really providing that immigrant happy immigrant voice there was so much about don't do this don't do this americans are bad and i really wanted to step in and remind people in america how good they are there's a reason people like me and our families leave things behind and come here Mm-hmm. but no one seemed to be speaking to that so that's what got me started on like what can i do how can i start and starting with my own story of immigration and how i got here felt like the most natural obvious starting point and right. that became right. the basis of my first screenplay that i wrote wonderful and i like what you're saying right you know yes there's things that are kind of common or similar within people within a community but there's also we're not a monolith so there's many other truths and i and what i understand what you're saying i feel like you know the controversy like you know about apu on the simpsons and i remember growing up i would always really just be like seeing seeing my culture seeing people who look like me in these yeah. like in these exaggerated stereotypes that were definitely not coming from a community member they were coming from somebody else cuz how you exaggerate is very different than um other people or white writers and inter- because they don't know the culture they don't know the people they're playing off of other stereotypes that they have um been introduced to and and are perpetuating it and so yeah right. you're doing a huge service in terms of moving people moving the needle and i think also highlighting a little bit of um the, a, a culture right and and different truths that people have which i think is absolutely fascinating So as lawyers you're kind of always writing were you always a writer you know as a kid were you writing or like when you were growing up were you the jokester and people would be like oh here's on our you know it let's give her some attention how was I that mean, I was always called I was always told I'm funny and my whole life I was told but if you're an indian woman like you that means nothing mm. like that's worse than telling somebody you can play a guitar in india no one cares <laughs> you know what i mean like okay if the if the kid is like doing math or science or some playing chess yes so who cares about a guitarist or a comedian nothing and i never thought of myself as a comedian but my whole life i was told oh she's funny she's naturally this she's that. and i never knew what to do with it until the last few years like honestly the thought that i could do comedy didn't even occur to me is that crazy Wow. And the wow. fact that there's so few Indian women comedians in the world. Like I'm mm-hmm. talking about Indian from India. I'm not Right. It, it's rare in America too. Even the among the first and second generation it's rare. Mhm. But like if you think of Indian women in India or immigrant women somehow we just don't think of comedy as something we do. Right. Right. No, I agree. Um because there's there's not a lot that are out there. Like, you know, you can kind of kind of put them on one finger, especially when you look at North America. Now, there may be comedians in Bollywood for sure and other parts of the world, but like really big names or recognizable names, there's not a lot. And definitely, you know, there I I can't say that I lived in a space and I only speak from my experience where a female comedian and that journey into that world would have been supported. 
Right. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how my own journey will unfold, to be really honest with you. It's been mm -hmm. great so far. Yeah. So far, the community has been nothing but supportive. But as my, my jokes spread, as my name grows, and the idea of an Indian woman holding a mic and challenging cultural conventions is out there, I get a lot of heat too. I, I have my share of haters. I have my mm. share of people saying, this is not our culture. Who does she think she's become? She's not white. You know, so I don't know. You know, the journey is a mystery for me too. Uh, yeah. India as a country is unforgiving of people who make jokes about their culture, like people mm -hmm. go to jail for it. Mm -hmm. So it remains to be seen. But I do think that there is a huge market. I mean, how can we not make fun of our mother-in-laws? It's <laughs> unthinkable. They are the world's most perfect villain. I talk about how when Marvel is designing their super villains, they think of the Indian mother-in-law. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, the fact that nobody does this is just completely baffling to me. Mm -hmm. so, and, um, and even though you're playing off stereotypes, what I appreciate, Zarna, you know, it is your truth, but at least it's coming from you. I appreciate yeah. that it's, and whether you like it or not, that that's everybody's decision, right? But we are sharing a truth. And I've had this conversation more than once uh, where people are like, well, this is, you know, like Indian matchmaking. Some people don't like it. And I actually understand why. Yeah. But I think what's important though is, you know, you can speak out against it, but just know that it's a truth for other people as well. Yeah. And I love that you were able to take these stereotypes and tropes, but it's coming from you. And I find them funny. I think okay. they're hilarious. And you, you actually have a good relationship with your mother-in-law, don't you? <laughs> but, but listen, the world is like what the world is. She didn't speak a word of English. She couldn't speak a word of English. And this year she called me and she's like, I have an agent. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Because she's like, she follows me on every platform just like everybody else and yeah. she like she pretty much stalks me and i tell her like can you stop stalking me <laughs> and she's like i'm not stalking you i go you only follow one account at least follow priyanka chopra something right or something <laughs> i go live on instagram or tiktok and the first person to log on is with my yeah. mother she has an I'm, alert i'm like can you get off i want to talk about you <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. So I wonder, you know, because you, your children were growing up and, you know, your when your child, especially your youngest goes to kindergarten, it's kind of like, okay, what do I do now? Like I got them to this point. Now they're going to be yeah. gone for a few hours, Monday through Friday, typically, you know, pre-COVID. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. So you kind of have this time back. So what was there like a, an inciting incident or, and I'm using the screen term, terms right yeah. now but was there something that led you to be like you know what let me try this let me do some videos let me get my voice out or was it kind of just this accumulation of like well let me try it but I'm interested in knowing you know when the start was like I have my story of when I knew I was going to start writing stories about those that have been erased from history is there something similar for you so my daughter knew that I wanted to work. She's 18 now, but two years ago, she knew that I was really dying to go back to work. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling with what to do. And, you know, and I really had a feeling that maybe it's too late for me to start something. You know, I'm 40 something. Uh, I didn't really think, you know, I don't know. I felt like maybe, 
when you've been a stay at home mom for as many years as i have the one thing that i find is undeniable and i don't know if others will relate but i think they might is that you're completely stripped of your confidence of integrating back into the work flow mm-hmm. when you spend as many like 16 17 years is a long time to do something from morning to night and to not be connected with any sort of commerce like i my my only job during those years was to take care of my kids and pay the bills like i never asked anybody to pay me mm-hmm. i didn't even know what that felt like for so mm-hmm. many years so i had lost so much confidence over those years and my daughter knew that that i was really struggling so she reached out for my birthday reached out to like over 100 people and said can you text me a one or two line message or memory for my mom and literally every text she got back was like your mom's funny she made me laugh she made me get through this time and that time and she put all those notes together for me and when i read the notes and i realized the impact my humor has had without me even trying mm-hmm. that's when it became clear to me and my daughter is like mom you have to do something with this and then i do i did what every normal person does i googled it <laughs> i was like jobs for funny people like what do funny people do for work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i literally started from the lowest bottom ba- basement something that every one of us can do and i was like and stand up comedy popped up and i was like that's a job like really mm-hmm. you know it had never occurred to me that you do this for money yeah and that it's a real job and it's a real art form and like you know i I was living in my own la la land under a rock raising my kids thinking oh Seinfeld can do it men can do it white men can get on a stage like it never occurred to me that I could do it, do it but then as I took one step and another step and I realized I was like oh my god like literally it was like uncovering one door after another and yeah. you know yeah Wow. I really appreciate you sharing that truth. Um, you know, your truth that that's, that's, I mean, it's amazing. It's also like, wow, you know, this little person that you helped uh, raise got also helped open a new door as yeah. she's getting older and transitioning. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and what validation, you know, people are like, Oh, don't seek external validation. Sometimes it really helps to have, yeah. especially as a stand up comedian, right? Like, yeah, you want that external validation and to hear it from people who love you. um and this consistent message now that's that's very interesting that is very yeah, interesting it was a big it was a pivotal moment for sure because yeah. to read 100 notes at a time like that from people who knew me when i was 5 years old to people who met me when i was 45 years old it's like yeah. a whole range right right and it Your became it became an undeniable like echo back from the universe and right. then i felt like if i still don't do something with this then no one can help me you know yeah. and luckily yeah. google knows <laughs> yeah google told you where to go <laughs> yeah. right yeah google it um and and it's so fascinating to me also right like these barriers that we can create for ourselves or that if we're not exposure we don't see people this is why you know our work i feel like is so important to be able to show other people that you can be out there that you can be a screenwriter you can be a podcast host you can be in front of the camera you can be in front of a yeah. crowd and make them laugh and be a stand up comedian cuz 
like you just said, you'd only seen a certain group. So you really didn't have anything to click once you saw all those notes to be like, well, let me give this a try. And I mean, it's been so successful for you. How many millions of views? How many followers? I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. I'm shocked. I'm like, really? I mean, some of the things that get huge numbers is literally me yelling at my kids. <laughs> <laughs> People want to see this. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I don't hold videos. back. I don't hold <laughs> back. Like I have no shame in telling my kids that they're never allowed to be artists. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm an artist and I'm the first one to be like that is not on your plate absolutely not <laughs> that's so funny but it's your truth I mean the one I you know they say comedians need to take risks and for me one of the most funniest videos and I still go back to it is this past winter when there was you know as the Met was closed they were still though cleaning the streets and oh, yeah. you in your snow gear climbed up and you were like we don't have this in india so it seemed like it was very i know snow gear is not new, new to you per se and uh being from new york for so many for so many decades but um it seemed like maybe climbing this hill of snow and sliding down it might have been something new for you and it was yeah. absolutely hysterical well i was trying to figure out why people do this like <laughs> You know, I, I'm now, I get a lot of feedback from my from my, my uh, followers and like comments and things. And they, I get a lot of like, auntie, you should try it. I have a huge team following, right? So I'll be like, auntie, you should try it. It's a lot of fun. So that day I decided, you know what? Let me see what the fuss is about sliding down this thing. Sledding. You were sledding. Yeah. yeah. And it was fun. <laughs> it is. It's so much fun. It's exhausting because you also have to climb up and get down. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, are you kidding? I, I, I don't know if you saw one of the follow-up ones. I called my son. I'm like, okay, come down now. Pick up this thing. I'm not carrying the whole thing up. <laughs> I mean, it's hard enough that I have to go up. Now I have to carry the sled up. So I make my kids go up and down with me. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them fall. Your family as yeah. you follow. And they, they're in your videos sometimes. And it's great. So how I want to ask this as we kind of, you know, continue on. I'm interested in your journey. But really quickly, how has it been with your family, you know, from now mom is now, you know, pursuing this life um, as a stand-up comedian and as a comedic writer. How has that transition been? My kids and my husband are my biggest supporters. So it's been great on the one hand. They're very happy to see me happy and to see me fulfilling my destiny in some way. It has to be destiny because there's no other explanation for why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> like there's no clear path like I, it's not like I went to comedy school it's I didn't even go to screenwriting school I, I took one class mm -hmm. and I started writing so it's I do believe there is a hand of God somewhere but of course do they miss having mom around you know all like I used to be the mother who was making a hot meal three times a day and was obsessing over you need this and you need this and you you think you're gonna date a white girl like you're gonna end up eating a bagel you know, I would be oh yelling at my boys all the time and I would be like, I'm, like, I'm going to addict you to eating puris and roti. So there's no way you will marry somebody North Indian. And now I'm like, okay, eat a banana. I'm busy. Don't call yeah. me. You know? <laughs> uh, so it's, it's bittersweet, you know, but I think overall they're very happy that I have found something that's making me so happy. And they see the effect of it. We'll be walking down, like just strolling in Central Park, like we always do. 
and I have little kids. Like the shock, even now that I have, is that itty bitty little kids will come run up to me and say, "We came to America for the electricity." Ah, no. <laughs> No, they, I get like people, little kids have watched my show because my comedy is a hundred percent family friendly. I I do corporate shows and everything is network friendly. So a lot of my shows get pushed around to grandmas and kids and like you don't know. So we'll be me and my kids will be playing somewhere and like the kids will come running to me and be like, "Can we make a TikTok with you? Can you like can you do a little TikTok dance with me or whatever?" It's wow. shocking to my kids. It's like, what yeah. is happening? You know what I mean? Oh. And sometimes the kids come up to me. They're like, "Can you yell at me?" I have had TikTokers, <laughs> no, like, TikTokers with millions of followers. I mean, like massive accounts will DM me and be like, "Can you please yell at us?" <laughs> <laughs> it's working for whatever for certain groups of people. It's working. And I want to tell my audience, Zarna was going into comedic mode. She loves white people. She loves all people. She, oh, yeah, of course. It was a joke. It was a wonderful joke. joke. And, on. you know, we could spend hours talking about, you know, what's laughable and what's not. But, yeah, I mean, but this is part of the persona. This is part of the comedy that you have, right? It is that kind of doting mom and bringing in life experiences and <laughs> yelling and, and yeah. doing that. And also now, you know, doing physical stunts as of uh, this, uh, yeah. this, uh, this winter. <laughs> yes. And I actually, I, I, you know, I have New York on my phone because I'm always checking the weather because, you know, I never know yeah. when I might want to jump off, especially and visit now that yeah. um, COVID is hopefully subsiding. It's interesting, too, because um, being able to see your world and and where you are in like Central Park and you're over at the Met and, yeah. you know, doing all these different things. It's absolutely wonderful. So yeah. I want to dig, dig in a little bit, especially, you know, with inclusivity and um, comedy being so integral because it's part of the arts. I absolutely consider it, you know, I'm a comedy writer as well. And for me, it's like, what do you, I, I kind of follow this. Um, I saw this YouTube video from Phoebe Waller-Ridge um, not too long ago and um, her friend, as she was helping her write her, one of her first uh, screen scripts was like write it down it doesn't matter how exaggerated it is how absurd it is just write it down and that's what I do you know absurd humor and yes. uh, you, you play with it but when you first write it down just write write that down I'm you know as you you're writing your content because you build this is you like you have um, in a very short amount of time built this brand built your content and it continues getting better you know what is like a typical night for you and who's in the audience who are your peers i'm interested to see you know um who's around you at this time as we've gone through kind of me too times up and had serious conversations including comedy and you know we've had people like sarah silverman say i'm now you know not i'm retracting what i said before or like you know now i have a new insight on the role of different people within comedy or women identifying people so I really want us to know a little bit about a typical night and who you're hanging out with. We can check your Instagram, but I want to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm just going to now pretend the clubs are open because we're almost there. Yeah. Because the Zoom scene was what the Zoom scene is. It was a bit of an anomaly, even though I launched a whole Zoom comedy business and I, I, I continue to do it mm -hmm. for a lot of tech companies, medical schools, pharmas, you name it. Yeah. But the, but the 
club scene is where you see who is really supporting because they have to buy a ticket they have to show up they have to buy drinks whatever whatever's involved in yes. in the deal uh it started with a few of my friends mom friends who were just so excited that one of their friends was doing this but it spread like wildfire like so the first open mic i did about a year and a half ish ago i was supposed to bring five people to get five minutes on stage and at that time my instagram was barely like 100 people it was like a private instagram page with like 100 followers right so i remember putting a flyer up saying oh you know i'm going to be up on stage and just talk about like indian stuff please join us and i thought if i can get five people i'll get five minutes mm-hmm. that day 95 people showed up no Oh my goodness. Did they give you 95 minutes? <laughs> I would have died. I didn't have. I was like <laughs> when I was standing there and I saw people and then somebody's like I drove in from New Jersey. I drove in from I was like, "Oh my god. I was like I'm only getting 5 minutes, guys." Like and they was but they I I understood the excitement. They were so excited that somebody was doing something that was so relatable to them. Mm-hmm. like if you think of stand up comedy otherwise we all enjoy it right all these years we've enjoyed the comedy of chris rock or like sarah silverman or tina fey or whoever it's not really relatable to the desis if you think about it mm-hmm. it's not really our life like we don't really date that way we don't really treat sex the way sex is treated clearly somebody's having sex I mean, let's not i'm yeah, not let's look at the population are. of india right <laughs> but but we don't treat that subject the way it's treated especially in a comedy club mm-hmm. so um it started with a few of my friends but it kind of just ignited it was, it became a tsunami like before i could say anything it just grew and grew all over and um then it became like be it went beyond the indian women showing up to i'm going to bring my jewish friends i'm going to bring my italian friends uh i'm you know or or like i started posting flyers like in my kids school for example and now you're open to like any population you know and then people started coming in you know like black families would come up to me and be like oh my god we have mean aunties just like that <laughs> it's such a you know it's such a thing Uh, so it kind of grew very organically and um now it's like anybody who enjoys good clean comedy is somebody who might consider buying my ticket like and yeah. who will come up to my shows uh people who enjoy like i pride myself on writing very high quality jokes i i slave over it i'm a writer at the heart of everything So I I and people know that they expect that from me. It's not get up on stage and like ah oh, I'm so cute. No. You're going to get a joke and mm-hmm. and I'm going to shock you and I'm going to surprise you and I take pride in having that ability and in developing that skill. Uh so that's where we are now and now people, you know, they read reviews. I mean if you go to my website, I've got a review page so long that you'll get tired scrolling and we can still keep going because I've put out a lot of work. Yeah. And that just attracts and you know the truth is that everybody has an Indian friend. <laughs> an Indian doctor or a teacher or a you know like being Indian is is special in a way but in a way it's not it's not so exotic. It's like 
you can be white black asian hispanic whatever you probably have an indian person in your life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so i think my jokes and my stories become very if nothing else you're eating indian food yeah yeah I, that's i can agree with that i'm like okay i think in new york yes you'd have an indian friend there's definitely other parts within i would speak for you know the united states and canada where maybe that's not the truth but definitely in new york or at least like you said you're into eating indian food most likely something has touched it something yeah. somewhere yeah. has brought a little piece of india to you mm-hmm. which makes my material relatable yeah you know, well uh, i mean I mean, I think it's fascinating that you're like, you know, all these people from other cultures are like, yes, we can relate. And it just speaks to the power of representation. And and it's mean, and we're, you're not speaking for all what over one point something billion of us, right? No, that's not what you're doing. You're speaking a truth and it's relatable to a lot of people and not just Indian people. No, I mean, I get that all the time. Like, I think the Middle Eastern, if you think of, stand up comedy it's a very western construct mm-hmm. like like i can i don't know but i can hazard a guess that no woman in afghanistan is taking a stage and making fun of her husband mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen mm-hmm. you know our culture does not encourage that type of behavior i've spoken to chinese women and they will say the same thing in in far east it's just not something we do So for the first time they see somebody that looks like me and sounds like me and a lot of my stories are relatable to that whole part of the world you know the the mother in law piece even the kids like the things we let our kids do or not do uh so it's kind of opened up a whole pandora's box of like possibilities now in terms of comedy and comedic material uh that's up for grabs Yeah. Yeah, and I I think about, you know, who's seeing you and these little kids that are running up to you and saying your lines like who are they now able to see, right? In these places and how what what's going to happen in 10 15 years? Like cuz that little, you know, who knows what that little girl will be 20 in 10, you know, 15 20 years old, right? In 10 15 years. So I think it's amazing. And what you're doing and it, and you know, it's working, right? Right now it's incredibly working with everything that you're saying in terms of your opportunities and the writing and a movie development. Like these are amazing things. These are not little things at all. And so I wonder, you know, uh you're in New York, so this is kind of amazing, but I wonder have you felt any resistance or has it been very welcoming because you work with other female comedians as well, but I'm wondering the scene in general, like, you know, real talk, how is it? So uh people are very very kind to my face. Mhm. They're generally kind, but no one is going to share a piece of their business. That's just mm-hmm. that's just the nature of being a business person i personally don't wait around i don't i'm not good at waiting patience is not my thing there's a, there's a state of the world where i could have done 5 minutes and open mic here and there and then waited for the top clubs of new york to book me and i really thought i'm already starting at 45 like this is not going to happen for me mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah so i just started producing my own shows Mhm. I was like, you know what? Whatever it is, whatever the learning process is, the learning curve is, I'll have to do it if I want to have a career in this space. And if I believe in it. Like the more I realized that no one like me does this, the more it became clear to me that I cannot waste a minute and I need to get into it. Mhm. 
people are very nice to me but it's all driven by the fact that i'm constantly proving myself at one level above where i was a month ago even right so right. if i get a spot today at a big club it's not because they're nice to me it's because i sold out carolines multiple times right so now they're forced to recognize the quality of my work i just mm -hmm. won ladies of laughter 2021 now that is the defining women stand up competition in america you may or may not like me but you can't deny the fact that i won right. when i was pitched against the best of the best this year right so you know i i think that we i think as women and especially as south asian women we are so programmed to ask ourselves like does that person like me and how is it and whatever i kind of just bypassed all of that i'm here to do business like mm -hmm. i have my kids at home who kind of have to pretend to like me yeah right and your husband <laughs> has to also like you right right exactly so i don't need any more of that like i need to do business i need spots at clubs so more people can see my work i need uh, you know i need to make content that will get spread so i'm very clear about my mission and my agenda i i'm an artist and i'm a businesswoman but the more you prove yourself at every threshold the more doors open for you and that's just the only way i think for a brown woman i don't know any other path like we're not people who hang out at bars and like you know it's not what we do i mean yeah. i'm a mom yeah. i don't even hang out at the clubs the minute my set is over i'm home yeah you know already it's a late night job it's hard enough mm -hmm. so uh i'm very laser focused on what is it that i'm here to do how am i going to stick with the plan do it and get out um, well it's working zarna it is absolutely working yeah and congratulations on all these accolades i feel like every time i turn around there's another new thing that you are winning you're pitching you're well, getting but i will amazing. tell you that i want to encourage all your listeners and viewers to throw themselves out there that's a habit of mine mm -hmm. i enroll in every competitive endeavor i mean mm -hmm. i'm not going to post my losses mm -hmm. it's my instagram page or my facebook page i'm not going to highlight my losses but if you win it's another feather in your cap but i'm constantly like i'm constantly looking for opportunities to prove myself and throwing myself in the mix because it's the only way i think i will have a career in this Mm -hmm. And I encourage mm -hmm. all women to do it. It's one of the few things that if somebody reaches out to me privately for advice, I always tell them, don't shy away from the fight. If you lose, you lose. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares that you lost. You tried. The victory is in the trying. Mm -hmm. And then, let's say you tried for five things and you won one. You won one thing. Yeah, it's huge. That's it's huge. huge. It's a you huge can, celebration. It will be a part of your story forever. Exactly. So that's the one thing that I like as as a message. I like to say it to every, especially women, mm -hmm. that don't mm -hmm. wait for people to call you and all of that. Just throw yourself in the mix. You you mm -hmm. may surprise yourself. I I mm -hmm. was, and believe me, my mother in law is like they think you're a good comedian. Tell them to ask me for a review. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, I and I love it. You're inspiring me and it is just about putting yourself out there. And I think, you know, this industry, right? Let's just be real about it. It is about proving yourself. The sponsors won't look at yeah. you unless you have at least 10,000 
followers, right? And so this is the name of the game. And uh, I mean, I get frustrated with it. You know, I get, I'll be honest, I, I can't tell you how many times it, that I've wanted to walk away and just really seriously thought about it, right? And as we, and we have real conversations, these are conversations that people have had with themselves, no matter how high up or how well known they yeah. are. Absolutely. we've always we've had these moments of like oh gosh okay do i really is this really it and you know the thoughts of leaving are are, are, are abundant but yeah. I, I, you inspire me and yes you got to put yourself out there and just start producing and knowing that whatever you put out there is going to be good enough for that time and it's just going to get better the more you do it no one started out perfect not even spielberg yeah he made his mistakes he probably still makes mistakes yeah. It's the journey. And yeah. you know, you just don't know what will resonate. I'm telling you, I make jokes. I create content. I can never predict what will hit it big. I can't. Yeah. I think every time I have uploaded something thinking this one's going to hit it big. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. And then nothing else that you put very little thought into gets like so many views and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm constantly baffled. But you know what? I would have never figured it out if I wasn't constantly producing and uploading. Yep. If I yep. was waiting for the right moment, I would still be waiting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Keep doing it. And um, and yeah, definitely for other people, just put yourself out there. You know, like I got nervous when I was doing my podcast. So I was like, oh, gosh, I'm going to make it a podcast as well. And just being on video, it's like, OK, but here we go. Right. There you, go. Do it. <laughs> you just you just do it. Yeah. It's a wonderful message, especially for um, those that are women identifying non-binary, you know, and uh, young boys and men like, yeah, just just do it. And, and I, you know, what's fascinating to me, you and I are part of similar South Asia, same, not similar, same South Asian groups. And, uh, you know, uh, constantly I'm in rooms with different people and they're like, gosh, I felt, I felt like there was no other South Asians doing this. Yeah. And, and they're shocked to see that there's thousands mm -hmm. of us. It's still a small, you know, in terms of the population, but they're like, I really thought that there were not, not anybody like me. And it's like, gosh, no, that's not true at all. There's a lot of us. And, I, I half joke with the people I've known with some of them that aren't younger that, you know, they lived full lives already. They were doctors, they were lawyers, they were writers. And now they're like, okay, I want to be a comedian. I want to be a screenwriter. I want to be a director, you know, and they've been building their life around it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so thrilled to see it. Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled to see as more of the community evolves and we find each other and, you know, thanks to social media, we, it's easier to find each other. Yeah. It's been amazing. And people are putting out such amazing work. Oh, wow. so amazing work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you got to try. Definitely. That's where it is. Uh, and, you know, also take criticism, right? Whatever words you want to use and then just make sure it's coming from people that are, are truly loving you. And then for me, it's like, you know, when I read a lot of scripts and I'll give feedback, but I'm also like, okay, look, and I want it back too, but it's like, let me sit with you for half an hour and let's, you know, let's talk through my comments and what you can do to improve. And not everybody has to take all of my comments, but in the, pieces that are really like um, other people are saying the same things. What do we do to be better? So it's not just about giving um, ideas out, but it's also going, what can I do to also help you be better in X, Y, Z and whatever you're pursuing. And that's the power of community, which yeah, you know absolutely. has has no ethnic or or any boundaries. 
So if you had to give one piece of advice to somebody who is out there listening um, and you have so many wonderful followers, but if you had one advice, you know, of somebody that's like, well, I want to pursue, I think I want to pursue a career similar to yours. What would you say to that person? The time is now. Mm -hmm. It's not tomorrow. It's not when this happens. It's not when that happens. Take even the most baby step. It could be Google jobs for funny people. Start there, people, if you're nervous. <laughs> but whatever that first baby step is, don't waste a minute. Just do it. There is yeah. no other way to start. It's like learning to swim. Mm -hmm. You cannot sit by the edge of the water and think one day that the water will be right. If you want to swim, you got to get in the water. That's it. Yeah. And, and I really believe that the time could not be better. People are much more open to hearing different points of view. Uh, studios are much more inclined to giving people opportunities. Seize the moment. You don't know what it will be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I encourage everybody, if, you, if it's in the back of your mind, take a class, buy that book, buy the book, How to Write Inclusively. It's a start. Everybody starts somewhere. The book could be your start. You know, so whatever it is, take that step and start. The moment is now. It's not tomorrow. Love it. Love it. Yeah. You know, I started this as well and it's all new and I'm still learning. And there's days of frustration, of course, and there's days where you're like, okay, but it's true. You have to start. And it's amazing now, right? With different groups, clubhouse, TikTok, especially that's just blowing up the amount of people you're going to meet. And for me, the amount of people that will lift you up, you have those that won't either. You just got to just realize that's just part of it. But the people who lift you up, uh, and I love this, this was from one of the uh, clubhouse groups that I was in that was focused primarily with and had black women, but they said, you know, be with the people who speak well of you and rise you up when you're not in the room as well. And you right. will find those people. I guarantee Absolutely. you. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of great people that want to just be there. And they may not be able to be there, you know, once a week as a coaching call, but they will be there for five minutes to lift you up or give you a quick advice. And of course, you know, our learnings of what not to do and to get yeah. you there faster. <laughs> yes. So I really want to talk about this as we kind of start wrapping up. Um, you are booked at a very famous New York City Club that's coming up and um, you, if folks haven't already we're going to be telling you where where folks can connect with you but you had a you know and a really emotional um, wonderful reaction it made me cry uh, when you found out you're going to be headlining um, this particular event so help help our listeners understand you know was it winning one of these um, contests that got you there and then let's talk about what's going on in about uh, in, a, in a few days not a few but several days here yeah, so I'm going to be headlining at Caroline's on Broadway, which is the nation's premier comedy club um, in New York City. Luckily, I live here. Um, they do a show called uh, they, they do a show called Indian Made in India. That's what the show is called. It's part of the New York Comedy Festival. Uh, when I first learned about this show about two years ago, I went up to them and I said, it's a show called Made in India and you have four male Indian comedians. Mm -hmm. Why is there not even a single female? I mean, India is a female majority country. And they said to me, they said, we, we would love to have a female. We don't know any. 
and i was like that's not be that can't possibly be true i honestly i'm still stunned at the idea that not too many women do it i mean when they say they can't find any they also mean who can perform at that level i understand that they can't take a complete newcomer and put them on the stage if they're not ready for that moment sure because it's also an overwhelming moment for the performer it's not just about getting the opportunity you've got to be able to deliver right so the booker said we trust me if we could find somebody who wanted to do it and who was preparing for it, we would love to and i was like on such a mission to figure out why it was the way it was and i kept pushing back and like after a minute he said you know what why don't you do it <laughs> and i was it. like me i've only been doing it for a few months and he's like you can do it why don't i give you 3 months to prepare and you do it mm-hmm. and literally i compressed years of learning in those 3 months because i just went like a mad raging bull preparing for it and that was our show last year in 2019 uh, mm-hmm. no in 2020 mm-hmm. february and it was sold out within days we the, caroline's announced it i was my heart was like out of my chest thumping when the link came out when the show link i was like i can't, what this is my life and then like tickets that then i got an email we sold 50 tickets 50 another 50 in 3 days they were like we're fully sold out i couldn't believe but it's testimony to what is possible if you throw yourself out there like i didn't know who these people were who were coming who bought the tickets there was no i've never really spent any money on marketing i don't really like I, you know i'm still new i will develop all those channels but i'm not there yet uh but that it was i mean i can you know my social media has all the reaction videos and all it was so emotional my god we had an amazing show and at the end of the show everybody was in tears Aww. and the caroline staff was like we thought the show went well <laughs> i said they're happy tears it's happy tears yeah, not bad happy tears. tears i had elderly people lined up around the state saying you know people who were like now grandparents in america who moved 50 60 years ago who said you know for 50 years we laughed at jokes we didn't understand mm. you know for 50 years if you if you're mm. like an indian indian person from india you might watch friends and you might watch all these shows but it's not really something you're relating to on at some level right think of that life and think of the life that an average indian person has in america so they were like you know to watch comedy that reflects our life i literally had elderly people holding my hand and crying oh and i wasn't and then i started crying cuz you know give me any excuse yeah yeah any reason the laughs to the tears but these are yeah. good tears yeah but it was very emotional and then since then of course there's been no looking back i mean now yeah. i'm on a mission myself because I don't think it's right that our point of view is not rep- represented. Why? Yeah. And you know, and it's one of these things where eventually you shouldn't be the only one because you represent no. so so many experiences, but you're not talking for the totality, but we should be able to talk about Zarna and so and so. You you shouldn't be the only one out there because there's so much. And I encourage as I said I tell everybody if you're thinking about it, jump in now. And whatever it is, you may not yeah. be a comedian you may be a cook you may be a blogger you may be a podcaster you may be whatever it it is for you the point is don't waste time yeah Just do it 
Yep. Screenwriter, podcaster, author, you know, all these things. And like you're Whatever saying, you're, you're a comedian, you are a, uh, you're a writer as well. Uh, we're so, so multifaceted. And I love what you're saying. Go ahead and out there. And I usually ask uh, my guests, my, you know, staple question, which is how do we uh, be more inclusive in our lives? But Zarna, I'm not going to ask that because I feel like this entire conversation has been your answer to that. So you are going to be performing over at Caroline's, uh, the premier like comedy club, and I'm sure it's not going to be the first time. So I also want folks, my audience, to be able to find you. So how can we get a hold of you, Zarna? Where do we find these jokes? I am at Zarna Garg, Z-A-R-N-A-G-A-R-G, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and my website, zarnagarg.com, has everything neatly organized. My show schedule, my jokes, my reviews, my Zoom shows, everything is neatly organized there. You can find me anywhere. And I look forward to hearing from everybody. Oh, so amazing. I also asked this question to folks, you know, how can we support you, Zarna? Uh, you already supporting me by having me as a guest. So thank you very much for that. And, you know, I'm truly a comedian at heart. You want to support me, just laugh at my jokes. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. Comedians, you want to drive a comedian completely crazy, don't react to their joke. Right. I mean, money cannot do what that will do to a comedian. It's like, why? How did they not laugh? What did I say wrong? <laughs> like, you, and if you want to support my work further without paying a dime, share my name around. You know, it is it is a difficult world out there to get your name passed around. If you like my work, feel free to share it, comment, like. Every bit helps. Every little Absolutely. bit of engagement that we get as creators from, from our followers, from our fans, it helps us. If nothing else, it helps us keep going. Because yeah. otherwise, we don't know if you're finding our jokes funny. Unless yeah. you tell us, we don't know. We don't know how our content is hitting for you. Yeah. Zarna, you are absolutely amazing. And everything you've done throughout your entire life, I applaud you. Thank you so much no, for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love what you're doing. Love the podcast. So honored to be a guest. And I look forward to seeing so much more from you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Zarna. Bye. Namaste. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.